Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Thank you very much, Chris. I can't believe Jose Altuve is 33 already. Time flies. Say that again? Jose Altuve is 33 already. Oh, I know. It's crazy. I know. He, he he deserves man. What a great player! I know whether he cheated or not with that uh, thing he wrote around his name, the the buzzer or whatever. Uh, but he is a great player, and he is a a Hall of Famer. All right, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Uh, I want to hear from you guys out there. Are you okay with the Lions if they are not major players in either free agency or in the trade market? When I mean major players, I mean getting a high-profile, for lack of a better word, star? Um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily know that they have to go out and get the, the superstar. They don't have to get the top guy at, at an edge position or at the corner position. But, I mean, I think we can all agree that, I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, um, you know, Cam Sutton, Emmanuel Mosley, were they – I mean, if we're going to grade players, were they A-level, B-level, C-level? Were they average, above average, or were they top-of-the-line free agents? Well, I don't think they were top. I don't think any of them were top-of-the-line. I think probably Gardner-Johnson was probably like the highest. Yeah. So at some point, if if you can't hit on a position in the draft, and hey, Brad Holmes, if if his specialty is finding wide receivers – that I'm, I'm more expecting him to be able to go into the draft and whether it's the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, make an intelligent and valuable decision on that position. Look, But I, in terms of defensive linemen, it hasn't been at that same level. And I'm not going to throw Hutch in there. That was a no-brainer. That one fell into his lap. It was going to be one of three guys right. in that draft. Now, it it early on, going, you know, finishing year two, you feel like you got the best one. Right. But we'll continue to grade that one over time. Um, but the fact of the matter is that one fell into his lap. What else has he done at the defensive line position to make you believe that he can evaluate or trust those around him to evaluate and and finally make the decision on the defensive line? He they made one act in the draft. They made one act was oh in the draft there isn't but but free agency they made one who was good for one year, and then he fell off the face of the earth, uh, Charles Harris. Right? Yes. He was really good, and then, you know, nowhere. He was a team captain, and he was a healthy scratch most of the season, right? Yeah, yeah, same with Tracy Walker. Yeah, I Captain mean, and then healthy scratch. Yeah, uh, look, there are big names out there. I mean, I don't expect – I mean, it would be unbelievable if the Lions – you wake up on the up, the Lions are signing Chris Jones. I mean, that just, you know, for some reason that doesn't happen. But, you know, why couldn't it happen? Well, Especially since you have a team here that people want to play for, a coach that people want to play for. Well, and that's that's kind of the that, – that's the one thing, too, is you, you. we always talked about – and I mentioned this yesterday – having to overpay free agents to come here because you, they were coming here to a, a franchise that 
the perception was and the reality was for a long time that you weren't you weren't going to have postseason opportunities. Right. You weren't going to win a championship. Now all of those are there. Now you have a staff that people that that players want to play for, yeah, and the, you the, have an attractive you you have an attraction. Look, I I know what maybe might be. You're the pretty girl. Might be instead of the ugly one. Yes, and but what might be an impediment is that. What they'll say is, well, we got to take care of, and rightfully so, St. Brown and Sewell and Goff. So we can't afford, and I'm looking at a an article here with the projected market values of players for free agents, like Chris Jones, three years, you know, $84.5 million, you know? So that's $28 million a year. Are you going to pay that much? I would, but I don't know if they will. Well, so, but, but, but here's the thing is, you know, and we all talk about windows. If you do the contract extension with Jared Goff, what happens on the very front end of that? Instead of having a cap number that's thirty-three right. million, you're going to be down to. You could be as low as five million. I, I was trying to think. Um, I have to go back in my notes for for yesterday. Um, Jalen Hurts' first year on that new contract that he signed, his cap number might have been as low as like seven or eight million dollars. Um, so you have you still have that ability of lower cap number for your quarterback, and and again next year a little bit lower number for your and it's going to grow a little bit or a lot throughout the course of that contract, but. In that time, you have a chance to go out there and supplement. Now, I'm not talking about building your team through right. the, through the, through free agency. No, this they they're doing everything I've ever wanted them to do, and that is building through the draft, evaluating, drafting, developing, and then hopefully resigning. We haven't seen that part of of Brad right. Holmes' philosophy yet, but they've done the first two extremely well. We we agree that. What they're gonna of what they're doing, and but and they like I mentioned last year, they got some free agents. The question is, do you want to get the, you know, a few mid-level free agents, or maybe go for it all and get you know one or two big money, big name free agents if they obviously fit. And you know, look, there's people here, you know, like Leonard Williams of the, the Seahawks, who was with with the Giants. You, you got Christian Wilkins. You have. Uh, Mabuike of, of Baltimore. They're, you know, top 10 on the on the free agent list. There's cornerbacks, you know, who are available as well. Or are they going to go, you know, like the guy I mentioned two weeks ago, you know, Gilmore of Dallas because he's become expendable yep. because uh, uh, Trayvon Diggs is coming back and they got bland. So it, that's what they will probably do. But I think they should try to get at least a, a home run, at least one player, one, one year. I mean, most of the teams – who have been successful, at least do something, whether it's trade or free agency, to make them get to that next level. I so mean, your team, and, and we talked about this last year, and again this year, they did a, and I, I say your team, the Philadelphia Eagles, right. in case you haven't been listening for the last 35 years, um, Mike Stone's My team B-team. is yes. the, the Eagles. Yeah. Um, on offense, they drafted every single one of those players Except A.J. Brown. Right, and they traded for him. They traded for him. Right. And defensively, in large part, those guys were drafted, developed, re-signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. And last year, 
they were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Now this year, you know, for for whatever reason, and we're not doing Philadelphia radio, no. that they they didn't have that opportunity, but. That is your ultimate formula. But just like the Eagles did, you have to find a way, just like San Francisco. Right, McCaffrey. Acquired, well, well, Trent Williams was not an original San Francisco right. 49er. Right. That was a trade. Yeah. McCaffrey was not trade. an original. You guys are not, you're hitting the nail on the head right. here without saying it. Trade. It's not, it's, it, the, the winners, the successful teams in this league, are getting talent via trade. How right. did they that, get Jared Goff? How did they get those extra two number one picks? They actually did make oh, a trade. I was walking out in the bullpen yesterday, and I said to King, I go, you can forget about signing Jalen Johnson, for example. I think that's clear as day. Does it mean he's not going to do it? No. no. But what Brad Holmes said the other day, my translation was, they're not going to go make a splash signing at cornerback. Maybe they would, if they can get Fuller on the right market deal right. and stuff, maybe. Well, he's ranked pretty much third in most right. rankings. But he, King fires back, and he's like, oh, the, the you know, the Rams got Jalen Ramsey. I'm like, well, that was a trade. Yeah. Brady's seeing trades are two very different things. Right. You know, and if they make any sort of splash, I think it'll be through a trade. And and I think also people, when he says the entertainment industry, yes. Brad Holmes, that's, you know what he's talking there? Clicks. It, it's, it's, but it's the sex appeal of getting, oh, look who we got. And then you're going to have your press conference. You're going to have two big free agents there like Matt Millen did with Woody and Bryant. Huh. And Dre Bly, the, cl- the, the class of '99. You go, go find me the free, the powerhouse guys that hit the market, and find me the Super Bowl champions. That doesn't right. Look, look at Sue when he left. What did that do for the Dolphins? But it was real sexy when he went there, wasn't it? That's how I translated this. Yeah, and 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 trading, like we mentioned, is is important. That's that's I mean, how you get a lot of these. Really, guys. the only and, and big fish was Brady. Well, <laughs> he's the goat. Right. And and I mean, there's 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 rule breakers, right? Th- that was a rule breaker. You talk about teams that are successful on you know having young, inexpensive quarterbacks. Well, now you have Patrick Mahomes, who is on the precipice of possibly winning his third, and he has the highest cap number this year of anybody in the NFL. And they're back in the Super Bowl, could win it. So it, there's there's always going to be rule breakers, uh, but when you're talking about getting to the Super Bowl, and you're talking about adding talent. Trade when you sign a guy in free agency, you are creating your own cap issues. When you take a guy in a in a trade, the cap number that travels with him is is different. It's not always it's not the same as you sign them and now we know exactly what this cap number is. Not all of that signing bonus or guaranteed money that he's got from his previous team travels. There is dead money that stays with that team. Look, Tyreek Hill. That was a trade. Now they even won, but that was a trade. Miami yes. wasn't a free agent. They made a trade. Yeah, but the Chiefs weren't going to pay them either. Right, exactly. Now they've rebuilt their offensive line, and that's yes. why they're back in the Super Bowl, yeah. winning a different way. Yeah. I mean, Chris Jones, here's the deal. I think if Chris Jones said to his agent, look, I would really love to go play in Detroit, initiates the conversation. Right. It's a different ball game. Correct. Okay. I mean, you have to ask yourself, is Chris Jones going to make the impact for the Detroit Lions like a Reggie White made for Green Bay? Pretty close. Um, I'm not, no. Well, Reggie I'm, White's yeah, a Hall of Famer. No, no, no. But he'll be, no. But he'll be good. Hall of Famer? He may be, but he's not, not yet. Reggie White. But that's why you don't get caught up in it. There's very few, I think, that become available. There's no that, Reggie White this that year. That are going to be, you know, true over-the-top difference makers. I, I mean, for me, the offseason goal is – 
find you've got to improve the defense. You have to replenish the offensive line and make sure that because that's the thing that stirs the offense. Right. But the whatever they do, they have to create more turnovers. No doubt about you it. You know, they scored they scored one defensive touchdown all season. Oh, that was the first game of the season. Yeah. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Uh coming up next, some interesting quotes. From interesting people. 97 won the ticket. Hey, there's no better place to celebrate the Super Bowl than on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday, it's about, hey, how do you prepare the living room? Who's going to get the best seat on the couch? It's about your food, your snacks, the the everything that builds up to it. But it's also about getting as many wins as possible. And you can bet on the Super Bowl. And it's not just about getting a win or who wins in the Super Bowl. But it's about who might score the the first touchdown, who might score the most touchdowns. If there's going to be a defensive touchdown score, who gets the most yards, all of that, you can bet it on Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel. New customers, you can join today, and you're going to get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. I'm going to say that one more time. You can get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins, all you got to do is visit FanDuel.com slash Jansen to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Jansen. And make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL, and 97 won the ticket. Must be 21 or over and present in Michigan. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problems? Call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 248-539-9797. Uh, don't forget the big game is this Sunday on 97 One. The ticket coverage begins at 4 o'clock. Presented by Solo Stove. Feel the heat of the world's most popular smokeless fire pit. Solostove.com. A couple ticket texts. Uh, Lions also need to look at the wide receiver position. There are players like Michael Pittman from Indianapolis available. There are corners that are not that are available. They need to go all in. Let's go. A lot of people believe that. That's not the Lion philosophy. Uh, and as we pointed out, if you're going to improve, trading is usually the best way. You mean the Lion way? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we we say we say that we want the Lions to build to be a team like Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is known not to make big swings every year, and they're in contention every year. They just don't win in the playoffs anymore. Well, they haven't, but... Well, they don't have a quarterback. The, That's yeah, part of it. But the, for, for them to even be in the playoffs this year with Kenny Pickett yeah. and all of the things that happened in, in Pittsburgh, you know, injuries, and, yes. and it just, that to me was, was amazing. And again, yes, you are correct. They have built through the draft, and mm-hmm. they've built a sustainable playoff team by doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody thinks the Lions have such young talent. I, I think one of the biggest things... For this team is how much better can they get with what they have? These guys are not at the peak of their careers. No, I know, and they we haven't have... seen. We probably haven't seen the best of them as players. Exactly. So, In a large part, that was their philosophy this year, because okay, they went out and got Mosley, but 
Moe's didn't do anything. Right. He was there for two plays and then injured again. And, and it's not a slam on him. Correct. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, he was out for 95% of the season. Right. The one guy that they signed and was defensively helped them was Cam Sutton. Right. And then they changed philosophy where they had to blitz and stuff a lot more, so left him on an island, and he's not a number right. one corner. Right. But the, but if he Melifonwu yeah. played better, he was a draft pick. Young, Kirby Joseph. We saw what he did as a rookie. I think a little bit of a disappointment this year. Yeah, he stayed the same. He never got better. Yeah, but Brian Branch, um, you know, you're you're continuing to build Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Aleem McNeil, uh, and hopefully Broderick Martin. Like, you are doing exactly what they wanted to do offensively. I mean, defensively. I, I get the Michael Pittman. I think he's a very good receiver i don't know about great he'll probably get overpaid if he leaves in my mind you know i because okay look at it this way he's better than christian kirk christian oh, kirk yes. broke the bank you can't get caught into that web when that is way down the list of priorities yeah would i like a tall receiver red zone target you know yes this, of course but that texture does that texture realize and i'm not trying to be mean or call them out more than point out the fact that their top three guards are free agents yeah, that's what they, they have to figure that out. And that's it, more important than so, getting that extra and, chip on offense. And on this list that I have, Michael Pittman, their projected salary, now he is just 26 years old, is four years, $90 million. Are you going to pay him $22.7 million a year? No. you got to pay St. Brown. St. Brown? Yes, right. exactly. That right. That's, that, 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 that's the point. But for a guy at the end, now how much does Mike Evans want to win another Super Bowl? And does he think that in the years that he has left in the NFL, his best opportunity is in Tampa or, and and we live in a vacuum right now, Detroit? All right, great point. Michael Pittman, he's more than likely 90% confident or higher. He wants a long-term deal. Mm -hmm. This is his chance to get paid. Michael P- Mike Evans is a completely, potentially different example. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that you could say, hey, we'll give you, Seventeen million one year. You want to come? Right. That's a completely different impact on this roster than I'm, I'm, than a multi-year deal. You're yeah. correct. So, and we talked about those guys in the break. That's what that's what Revis did. Revis moved around trying to win. Heck, you brought that's up what Legarrette Legarrette Blunt. Blunt. <laughs> I mean, that's what New England did. They would take guys that maybe had, you know, uh, a year or two left at. 90 or even 85% of what they were in their career and were able to maximize them. It's the Patriot way. <laughs> so that's why we want to do the line. Exactly. Mike Evans, a great example. Can I get the one more year out of him? Because the Rams got the one more year out of Von Miller, but the Bills didn't. Right. Part of that was because Von Miller's injury. Right. But that's what happens yes, as yeah. you yeah, get Right, old. exactly. All right. Um, we haven't done this in a while. <laughs> the wall of sound, so to speak. Oh, yes. Uh, so yesterday, in, in doing prep for today, we came across three different sound bites that I think they're – well, one of them is really funny. The other two are preposterous, if you ask me. Uh, Ken Dorsey is the uh, new offensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns. Oh, because he did such a good job in Buffalo. Anyway – uh, he was asked about coaching uh, Deshaun Watson. 
Let's, mas- let's let's massage that soundbite a little bit. Yes, huh? yes. Uh, speaking of massaging it, look, can we hear that one more time, just in case I misheard that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure the um, masseuses were excited about the opportunity to be with a quality human being as well. Oh boy, does he live under a rock? Like, does he? A lot of OCs do. <laughs> Yeah, well, Cleveland rocks. All right. All right, number two. Um, I want to use that for, like, sarcastically going forward. Like, say him just say he's a quality human being when the person's not. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Colin Cowherd, of course, uh, national talk show, radio, television, FS1. He does. I think he does a really good job for the most part. Uh, sometimes he'll just say really outlandish things. And I believe they were talking about the Vrabel thing that we were talking about yesterday as far as, you know, being intimidating in the room. Yeah. And Colin Cowherd had his take on who he thought the four toughest football coaches there are right now. What? <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, John. Who are you taking in a fight, Antonio Pierce or Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that won't be a fair fight. So, <laughs> Who are you taking, D'Amico Ryans or Jim Harbaugh? Really? <laughs> you want to hear that one again? Uh, yeah, you know what? I would. <laughs> Jim, Jim Harbaugh, first of all, I mentioned Antonio Pierce. Jim Harbaugh isn't even the toughest guy in his own division. He might not even be the toughest NFL coach in his own family. Who would win, John or Jim? Uh, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> um. I actually might in in in, in a physical battle yeah. might take Jim in that one. Okay, but um, I mean I don't know that I would take Jim over. I mean Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell doesn't appear to be a tough guy, but I think I'd take him over Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. I think I would take um, Jim over him. I take Sirianni over Jim Harbaugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean it, it's I, so. Here's I would take what Mike I, McCarthy. Or, Mike, I mean, size matters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Andy Reid could like you know fall it's on the, him. It's not the punt pets and kick contest anymore. Yeah, well, no, Andy Reid could fall on him. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I'm not gonna take Andy Reid. Yeah, age matters too. Yeah, yeah being in, Todd in, in, Bowles, I'd take Todd Bowles over Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I uh, how that ha- Dan Quinn. Yeah, yeah, Dan Quinn's probably a tough ass over. Sean McDermott. Yeah, I mean G- Gerard Mayo. <laughs> yeah. What about Dayball? He's got a temper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It always works in your yeah. favor. All yeah. right, and our fi- leave with the dome. And our final soundbite <laughs> comes from Philadelphia Flyers coach uh, John Tortorella, who's always very colorful. And they were talking about you know two of their players, uh, Jamie Drysdale, who they just got from Anaheim, and and Cam York, and you know playing on the same line. And a lot of times, guys, you know, when they go out after games, you know, talking about hockey, or do they? <laughs> I'd wet my pants. <laughs> I'd wet my pants. Yes. All right. Coming up next, we'll uh, talk about the Crumbly case with uh, WWJ Fox 2 legal analyst Charlie Langton. That's coming up next, 97 won the ticket. The slippery winter season is here. Hopefully, it will be over soon. Got the flip-flops ready to go. Whether you're injured, your injury is a result of an auto accident or slip and fall during the winter months. There's only one attorney out there who can give you the personal service you need and deserve. 
And that's injury attorney David Femininio. I've told you before, if you're injured in Michigan, you need to call David Femininio to get David and get paid. David can be reached anytime on his website, getdavidgetpaid.com, or you can give him a call directly at 855-65-CRASH. The website again, getdavidgetpaid.com, or on the phone at 855-65-CRASH. Coming up at 7.50, a coyote in the news, and it has nothing to do with the Arizona Coyotes, but it has something to do with sports. That's coming up, like I said, at 7.50. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are pleased to be joined by uh, our legal analyst uh, at WWJ and, of course, at Fox 2. And Whenever there's a major story that we need to decipher, we go to this guy. He's the great one. He is Charlie Langton. Good morning, Charlie. How are you? Well, good morning. I don't know if I can live up to that introduction, but wow. <laughs> Thank well, you. <laughs> well, you are a legend in this town uh, for, for, for good reason. Uh, yesterday, uh, the verdict coming down on, on, on Jennifer Crumbly, uh, guilty of four counts of involuntary manslaughter in the Oxford school shooting. Were you surprised? Well, you know, I, honestly, I was a little bit surprised. It's, a, it's such a unique case. And, you know, manslaughter is you, you have to show that there is a, a very direct uh, cause that whatever she did or didn't do, that the death of four students was reasonably foreseeable. That's a lot of legal words, but it really means that whatever you did or didn't do, could you have predicted that four students would die? And I thought the jury might get hung up on that. I mean, school shootings are rare anyway. But to think that your kid could go to a school and shoot four kids and actually kill four, shoot seven others, I think was a little bit of a stretch. But listen, the facts were there. This kid had trouble. It was documented. The kid may have been reaching out. It was documented. The, the, the parents bought him a gun, took him to the range, bragged about the Christmas gift gun on social media, and... Jennifer Crumley testified, and she did not make a good witness. So all of those factors, sure, there was enough to convict her, and the jury didn't take them long, really, day and a half, not a long time. So she's going to pay the price. Well, you, you mentioned that you know it, she didn't help herself at all, and, and one of the things that I I heard was they asked her the question, "Would you have if you could go back? Would you do anything differently?" And she answered, "No." Like I was shocked. How much of it was, I don't necessarily say that, but just a lack of emotion from Jennifer Crumley in regards to her, you know, just the way she processed this. Yeah, see, I, I think you're really hitting on something that, you know, when I cover these trials, it's the trial strategy. And the first strategy here is, do you put the defendant on? Do you put Jennifer Crumley on? Somebody that's on the surface, not necessarily a likable person uh, who has kind of a stone appearance, who has really lack of any emotion. And then if you decide that you have to get that testimony out, then you ask her a stupid question. Would you have done anything differently? She says, no, I could see the jury's eyes roll back in their head. To me, that sunk them. You know, this day and age, you know, the, the best thing ever, is to have the defendants not take the stand because they can incriminate themselves. However, this day and age, your text messages are admissible. Your phone conversations are admissible. We've got cop police body cam. Uh, there was an interview in the police substa sheriff's substation. Give me a break. Jennifer Crumley has already testified a lot. So two years after the shooting, anything she'd say now, I would consider to be very self-serving. And jurors are smart. And I think they picked up on that. 
Well, let me ask what might be a stupid question. Uh, uh, it's not exactly apples to, to apples, but hypothetically, a parent buys their kid a car and the kid's a troubled kid, uh, just like maybe this kid was or obviously was. And uh, this kid takes the car and like runs down, you know, three people in a parking lot and, ki- and kills them. Is that different than a gun doing it? No, I don't think so. And I think this case is going to test the boundaries of this decision. But here, let me tell you what's going to happen is that on your example, and I think that's a great example, parents, listen up. I don't know if there'll be charges, but let's do the process here. Who investigates? The police. And now I think the police will investigate you, parent. Did you know your kid had mental issues? Did you know your kid was a good driver? Did you know your kid? Did you put any restrictions on the kid uh, for getting the car? And so I think the police are going to do much more of an investigation. And believe me, the resources that law enforcement have today, and I'm all in favor of that, but they are going to really heavy-handed uh, on this investigation and ask all those kind of questions where they might not have before. And so if there's a little flaw in your, uh, you know, you don't scrutinize your kid and you go out and buy him a car or buy him a gun, uh, you know, yeah, I think you're going to get scrutinized. And then if the police believe there's enough charges, they'll ask the prosecutor to authorize those charges. I think police departments are going to be very, very critical. I just got off the phone with the police station now. A 13-year-old uh, threatens to bring a gun to the school. The cops go to the kid's house. They find a loaded gun in the house. Well, I asked the, the police chief. Are you going to happen in Warren? Are you going to investigate the parents? He said, absolutely. And so, again, I think we're in a new era here where, uh, you know, parents beware. You're on notice now. I'm sure that they'll file an appeal. Um, Have you looked at or, or heard, like, what are the grounds that they may file appeal upon? Yeah, there, it's clearly she will file an appeal. I think there are two big issues. One of them is, is a fairly straightforward one. Should the jury have seen the actual video of the Oxford High School shooting? The defense, Jennifer Crumley admitted four students died. So what's the purpose of showing the video of the actual shooting, which happened, other than to inflame the jury? I think that could be an appealable issue. Uh, whether it'll, you know, it's enough to overturn a verdict, I don't know. The other issue is that there was a journal that was found by the, by the sheriffs on the day of the shooting, allegedly written in the handwriting of the shooter, basically saying, uh, I reached out to my parents, they don't care, uh, you know, people are going to die tomorrow, they have one day to live, etc. Now, the only problem with that is that as a defense attorney, I can't cross-examine the shooter because the shooter can't testify because he has a Fifth Amendment right to keep quiet. His case is on appeal. And so as a defense attorney, I can't authenticate that writing. I can't cross-examine. And there might have been some testimony that the shooter told a psychiatrist afterwards that whatever he put in that journal was wrong. I never reached out to my parents. My parents didn't know anything. I was the shooter, like he said at sentencing. So I think that that is a little technical legal issue, but it's actually uh, something that the judge and the attorneys and the prosecutor really debated with during the trial. So I think that is a legitimate appealable issue. But again, is it enough to overturn a jury verdict? It's really hard once a jury speaks 
to overturn it. I don't care what the appellate issues are. Charlie Langton, the WWJ Fox 2, joining us on the Stoney and Jansen program. Uh, what's this say about the, the next one, which is going to be the father? Uh, do they sit and realize if you're the defense attorney, wait a second, he ain't speaking because I saw what happened to his wife. I, I would definitely not put James Crumley on the stand. He may, arguably may be worse than Jennifer. I don't know. But the other thing, though, is if I'm James Crumley, who, believe me, is watching this trial very closely from his comfy jail cell in the Oakland County Jail, I would say, oh, my God, I may be telling my attorney, hey, call the prosecutor, and maybe we can do a plea. I, it wouldn't shock me that if James Crumley said, let's cut my losses here, let's not put these victims through this, and, you know, if this is an Oakland County jury, a representative, and they, they're going to nail the mother who arguably wasn't as culpable as James. James allegedly bought the gun. I would say that's worse. So I would say watch it. There could be a, a plea in the works. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like, he's watching this. I'm going second. Going Well, if she gets off, I got a shot. Yes. If she doesn't. I'm no done. shot. Yeah. Uh, and, and Charlie, That's so right. I know Stoney asked the question about how would this work if you bought your son or daughter a car knowing that they had issues, they ran some people over. How would this translate to possible g- gang violence and those that are, you know, out in the community, there's, there's a murder. Are they able to go back and use these same, you know, basically precedents? to charge the parents of some gang members? I, I think it is subject to review. I, I guess the, the short answer is yes. Uh, I mean, I think this is an age of a lot of people in the community are saying, how are we going to stop crime? Is it uh, gun control? Is it, uh, you know, that becomes so political. But wait a minute. What about the parents? And remember, we're talking teenagers here. The shooter in the Oxford case was only 15 years old. So, but I understand gang members, there are 10, 11, 12 years old. So I get it. Where are the parents? And I think under your hypothetical, sure, if there's enough connection that the parents knew that the kid was in a gang, that the kid may have broken into something, that maybe the kid had a diary, maybe whatever. I don't know all the facts, but listen, the cops are going to scrutinize the facts, meaning the cops are going to talk to the parents. So, yeah, I think I, how far this is going to reach out, uh, we'll have to see. But beware, parents, if, your kid, if you've got a bad kid, you better do pretty much everything you possibly can to make sure that you don't get charged. The burden is now back to the – really, never was, but now it's on the parents. Final thing – um, parent. Yeah, final thing is uh, where is the school? Are, are, are they – clear now or are they because a lot of people think it they the ones who screwed up almost as much as the parents you know honestly the uh, the dean of students testified that uh, after the meeting that they had it was only a 12-minute meeting on the day of the shooting he went back to the classroom got the shooter's backpack and made a joke Ooh, this is pretty heavy uh, and here you go shooter Gave the, gave the shooter the backpack. Oh, no. I don't know why that guy was not charged. I don't know. The counselor basically said that he did not think the shooter posed a threat on the day, despite the fact that that counselor knew that the kid had been looking at bullets the day before, had written on the math paper the picture of the gun, blood everywhere, etc., and was watching violent videos. Why wasn't that one charged? I don't know. But again, I'm not the cops. 
The cops didn't submit it to the prosecutor. The prosecutor didn't authorize anything. So school, did they get a pass? I mean, you be the judge. I think, I think uh, you know, a lot of people would say, yeah, the school kind of lucked out here. Doesn't mean in the future schools will be scrutinized. Schools are being sued civilly, so there is a remedy uh, for for that. Although, although under governmental immunity, those cases were thrown out of court. So maybe the legislature has to come in and take a look at how much do we hold school districts accountable civilly, not criminally. But it's again, this is all in the works because of this Oxford High School shooting case. Charlie, thanks as always. We yep. really appreciate it because uh, we don't know what the hell we're talking about, so that's why we call you. <laughs> you guys have, you guys ask great questions. It's the questions that I've had in every donut store I've been in, and I love donut stores, and everyone's talking about it. Listen, these are great questions. Uh, and again, it's listen, we, we, parents are responsible. That's the bottom line, the big picture, and why shouldn't they be? to some extent. So, uh, you know, we'll get more legislation. We already got the gun laws, uh, some of the gun laws on this. You can't keep a loaded gun in your house if you've got a minor. That was a law that's already happened because of Oxford. So there'll probably be some more. All right. Just wait. We're not done yet. Appreciate it. Thanks again. You got it. Thank you. Charlie Langton, Fox 2, and, of course, WWJ. If you have any uh, reaction to what happened yesterday in the court, Two four eight or what Charlie said, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Uh that's coming up next. Also, like we said, a coyote in the news. Ninety seven won the ticket. Hey, when it comes to managing your finances, you need a bank that gets you and is genuinely interested in your success. That's why I bank with First Merchants Bank. Whether it's your business banking or day-to-day personal banking, First Merchants Bank is 100% interested in helping you prosper. First Merchants Bankers are attentive. They took the time to ask me questions, sit down with me, and get to know me and my family. And they work with me to build a plan that fits my situation because everybody's situation is going to be a little bit unique and different. When you make the switch to First Merchants Bank... You're also going to get access to their highly rated mobile banking app with innovative personal finance tools. Plus, they're deeply connected to the community's needs because it's their community as well. And they continue to volunteer and donate on a regular basis to local causes to ensure that we all prosper together. This is the difference of 100% interest in you. For a better banking experience, visit firstmerchants.com. That's firstmerchants.com. First Merchants Bank, helping you prosper. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. We thank Charlie Langton for joining us on the uh, Jennifer Crumley case. We have uh, some ticket text, take some calls if you'd like. Uh, I think this is horrible. Schools and government have already taken away a lot of parental rights as far as disciplinary actions they can do, and now they're going to hold the parents responsible if the child does something wrong, but they're not able to discipline the child when they do something wrong. Where does this end? Um. My question is, if they charged him as an adult sentencing to life without the possibility of parole, how can they charge the parents treating it as a child that did not receive help? Either the son should be charged as, as a child or the parents should not have been charged at all. Okay. I didn't realize that, that Ethan was charged as an adult, but I guess so. Uh, Jeff in South Lyon. Uh, don't most people keep loaded guns in the house? They're far less effective unloaded. I understand if you have troubled kids, but my youngest kids, 16, know how to use them. I'm far more concerned about evil outside my home than in the home. 
Well, yeah, so I don't disagree with that texture, but it's a matter of making sure that it is in your possession. Right. If you're, you know, obviously, if it's your gun. And Shouldn't it be that, locked up or whatever? Or no? Well, again, it's... You, you you get to home defense, you get to gun laws, you get to right. you know your your own personal beliefs on defending your family. No, it doesn't need to be okay. locked up, but it needs to be out of reach and and not accessible to anybody but you. Right. Which the, the only way that's possible is on your person. Uh, mixed feelings on this. I have zero sympathy for Jennifer Crumley. Knowing your kid has mental issues and still buying him a gun is beyond stupid. However, we typically don't charge people for crimes committed by someone else. I'm concerned about this precedent that this could set. Well, that's the big deal. That's why it was a huge story. It's the first time, you know, in this country that this has happened, that they've been found guilty, right? Well, yeah, but there's always there's always been accessories to right. to murder. Now, yeah. there this is, you know, they weren't there, right. but did they set the table? Uh, Charlie is completely wrong, period. A gun is designed to kill people, especially a handgun, period. A car is not designed to kill people. Uh, you buy a car for the intent of your child to have transportation. You buy your kid a gun for what? If it was a hunting gun, she would have had a better case. Um, I, the type of gun I think is irrelevant. Um, you 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 have guns for different reasons, right? Um, and you have cars for different reasons, right? Uh, I just think the the negligence here was so severe. Yes, yeah. and the, the people that are worried about the can of worms, well, yeah, there is a concern. I mean. What if my 10-year-old grabs my keys off the counter when I keep them and just takes my car and goes as fast as he can until he crashes into somebody? I'm leaving you guys dumbfounded, right, John? I mean, well, well, no, that's... You're not doing anything... I didn't do anything negligent. No, I know. They did, so that's why I wouldn't be concerned. But you got to... At what I could be held accountable through a civil lawsuit... Maybe in that situation, yes. probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But this. This. What we're talking about is a criminal one. Right. If this was so well documented, then why are we prosecuting the teachers, principals, social workers? This is like punishing the passengers of a drunk driver for a death. No. Well, because some of the the principal, some people knew that this kid was troubled. Troubled. Yes. Uh, but to that point. Bars have been punished. Yes, and for par- and over pa- serving, and parents have been punished for having Underage alcohol drinking at their at house. Their house yeah. Yes, no doubt. Uh, let's go to Floyd. You're on 97 on the ticket. Good morning. Hey, Floyd. Uh, I think this is a really interesting take on on this case, but I think it highlights, you know, in terms of something that's like a Second Amendment right that is such a valuable piece of what we have here in the United States. It's a right that carries a lot of responsibilities with it, and it, you have to look at it that way. And when you have a minor who has these issues and you have parents that are doing that, I grew up with firearms in my house and as a young child, and I, I live a very safe, comfortable life with that, learned a lot from it. There's a lot of values that can be brought from it. But the irresponsibility shown here by the parents of a minor in charge of that household, that's a different story. And I support every, I support everybody using firearms safely, but this is a case where this is a perfect example of if you're the parent in that scenario, that is an irresponsible action with a very, very, uh, you know, that, that's a life-changing responsibility, and this, in this case showed that. 
and action needs to be taken in some of those steps. I think this is a, a case of you have to recognize the responsibilities that are bestowed upon you, and you neglected that, and you have to... Well, so and, have, and it's uh, not only the responsibilities of being a gun owner; it's the responsibilities of being a parent. Yeah, I think that's what he was talking about. Yeah, exactly. That, that that's why she's guilty. All right, two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Coming up next after Chris's update, a uh, a coyote in the sports world that has nothing to do with hockey, and another arrest in the world of sports that is a little bit bizarre. Ninety seven won the ticket.